Hey guys, how you doing today? Well, welcome to my podcast, Front Row with Jackie Rowe, and I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I hope you loved the Mother's Day gift that we gave y'all with Mama Pill and Ed Thomas, because that was some real riveting, down-home, good, 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 good information. So I hope you guys appreciate it. And today, I have somebody else that I hope you guys will appreciate even more. Not saying even more, but just as much as Mama Pill. Because guess what? She gave birth to this young man that I got on the line right now for this interview with y'all. And this is her, one of her sons. This is one of her twins, and he goes by the name of Blue Pill. Hey, give it up for Blue Pill. Peace, love, and light. Thank you for having me on the program. Shout out to the audience. And it's an honor to be here. This role, we front roll with Jackie Rowe. That's right, that's right. So, all right, again. I mean, it's just a dope dope title. Like, I can see the shit coming on and like, you know, when we do the video version of it, it's going to be epic, yeah. Yeah, you already know. You already know. So... Paul, you know, everybody knows you as, well, I know you as Paul, you know, and, um, you know, the world knows you and your brother as Blue Pill and Red Pill, you know what I mean? So, again, welcome, my son, because this is like my other son, so I have to put that in there. It's like such real family. Yes, very much so. So, I wanted you to, you know, like, I want to do something different, you know what I mean? I want to introduce them to the universal side of you, not that, you know, real, um, you know, conscious side of you, but the Paul that I grew up in, I knew, you know what I mean, the one, the Brooklyn, we doing Brooklyn vibe today, you dig? <laughs> so, I want you to, you know, like, yeah, we going back to the block, yeah, we going to keep it real 100, we going back to the block, because I, I think a lot of them is so caught up with you right now, Paul, with the blue pill, and the, you know, the red pill, and all that conscious stuff, and your crystal light, and you know, the the, uh, the, the the stones, and you know, you do so much, the seed moss, all the stuff that you do, the entrepreneur in you, but I, the mother in me, want to give them the real nourishing Paul, you know what I mean, the real epic Paul, so today I want you to basically just tell them about you know growing up in brooklyn you know what i mean it's just real you know in depth of who you really how you started off you know what i'm saying like i know i did it for your birthday i know you with this big 44 thing so i know we did a little thing here in my house but i still have that interview i never gave it to you right you did it that was an epic interview um and i would love to have it one day but we can rehash as best we can you know, the program here. Um, interestingly enough, you know, because the, the gentleman's name is in the, in the news right now, you know, based on the conversation around his name, I just came from St. Croix in the, um, this was the early 80s. Mm-hmm. I must have been 10, 10 or 11, and my mother was in St. Croix with Dr. Sabi at the time under his apprenticeship and we were living with her in Sabi in St. Croix and we came back to the States to visit our paternal, you know, our biological father for Christmas and he just so happened to live in Brooklyn now prior to that he was in the Bronx where I was born. I was just going to ask you where was you born? Okay. I never 
thought he was born in the Bronx. Wow, I didn't know you was born in the Bronx. So I've been bigging you up all the time with Brooklyn, and you originally was born in the Bronx. Yeah, we, we're branded as, you know, bred in Brooklyn, but we were actually born in the Bronx in hip-hop. Wow. In 75, right? So I come to visit my father in, in Brooklyn. Now I'm going to walk you through it. Remember they used to have the commercials, you take the A to the plane. Mm -hmm. the, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, we come in, I guess from JFK, we take the A to the shuttle, right? And I can vividly remember this. I came on a Saturday because I remember getting off the, the train on Prospect Park on the shuttle to transfer to the D. You know what I mean? And they had the foliage, the way that the greenery was grown over the brick, right? Mm -hmm. And it just was like, it was like a misty look, like not musty, but misty. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like otherworldly. And I just knew that I was in a different place. You know what I'm saying? I had never been to Brooklyn prior to that that I know of. Wow. Okay. And I'm just looking around like, yo, this is a whole different energy. I'm just coming from the Caribbean, mind you, mm. where it's 90 degrees and they have um, glass Christmas trees up in the living room to celebrate Christmas. Well, you like... Any clouds that coming through the goddamn chimney in 90 degree weather <laughs> with, with your, your glass trees, like they couldn't even have the real trees up. They had the glass trees with the lights on it, like mm -hmm. so. <laughs> 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 but it's a Brooklyn, and it's this whole different energy that I feel. And um, I remember going to my father's house. He had a dog. I never had a dog prior to that, so mm -hmm. I had to get over that. Then I remember him turning on Saturday um, Fox 5 and they had Godzilla on and it was just like it was a mind blowing experience so when we first came to Brooklyn we were on Bedford and went to between Bedford and Flatbush and he went throughout and um, you know I just immediately got introduced into that environment and like I said I'm just coming from the Caribbean so me coming to Flatbush made a lot of sense you feel me? Because it was so many Caribbean elements. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello. Yeah, those was the good days, too. Yeah, those was the real good days. Talking about in the 80s. Yeah. So, um, I started going to PS92, and that's kind of like when my Odyssey started. That's when my Odyssey began. Now, just to give a little backtrack history on my father, my father was an English professor at the time. Um, he probably was working at Queens College in DC 37. I always wondered so, where you get all that smart from, because that's one thing. You know, I'm always praising you. I'm just joking. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And him being an English professor and a professor of African-American literature, 
He used to dress the role of a professor, like but a hip professor, not like a, a, a dorky professor, my father. Like a swag a professor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he yes. had swag. He yes, had swag. Mm-hmm. Swag was his thing. So he naturally wore polo. This was his clothing brand of choice. Oh my God, yo, I was about to, that was, wait a minute, that was my follow-up question to really ask you the other, how did you start liking Polo? Damn, go ahead, Paul. I'm just wrong with it, right? Wow. What happened is that he used to take us with him to Bloomingdale's, because that's where he bought his Polo exclusively from. Mm -hmm. But my father was only into uh, horses. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He wasn't getting flipping skis and cookies and all of that. <laughs> that shit was collegiate. Yeah. It was the best. Look, I'm going to get these buttons up. Yeah. I'm going to get these cards again. I'm going to get these, you know, um, these vests. You know what I'm saying? Like, just he was swagging it, swag it out. He could swag out. Yeah. And not compromise his personal identity. That's what he was doing. So, by proxy, he was just like, I'm buying y'all clothes for school. I'm going to buy you what I wear. Mm-hmm. So he just bought us polo. So we end up going to PS92 and we got horses on. Yeah, so y'all was swig out. Swig, swig yeah, out. I ain't know. Did yeah. You open up a whole world of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say that, you know, that, that initial level of interest kind of insulated us more than likely from a lot of crash courses that we have seen other children our age go through getting introduced to that environment, especially not being from that hood. Because, you know, IPS 92, that was one thing. But then we had went to IS320, which was Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to a whole double school in the whole double hood. You know what I'm saying? Technically, Pacific Crown Heights. And you had this feel. Mm-hmm. Now Franklin Ave is coming through and it's just all of these elements is converging. You know what I'm saying? At 320, my first day of school, I seen somebody get not when I say lifted <laughs> out of their shoes, like they uppercut this dude. You know what I mean? It was a it was a Haitian, it was a, a young Haitian boy. This was Tom being introduced to the bias against our brothers and sisters from the Caribbean. I'm an advocate at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For mm-hmm. people that are from different places, just different. Right, you know? yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. We in this environment, we all come from somewhere different, mm-hmm. but there's this like hegemonic identity that you have to conform to now mm. being in this community. You know what I'm mm. saying? There's the niggerism that comes with Americanism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then people that are first or second generation descendants of that now have biases towards Haitian. That's what I heard about mm. Haitian booty scratches and <laughs> people that was African. Or, people are you know, crazy. That, yeah. That, yeah. 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 So it, it was robbing people of their of their of their garments on the first day of school. Mm. Right? First mm. day of school it was hell. Like they was knocking dudes out and taking their sneakers. Mm-hmm. And this was in the seventies, right? No, this is in the, the, I'm, I'm, the, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, this is in the, my first year of junior high school. Which I was Jackie Robinson, yeah. IS320. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I went there for one day and they kicked my ass yeah, out. No. Yeah. I was sure. in Crown Heights. But it's funny though, hold yeah, that thought because you know. I want you to finish, but you know, I like to interject because I got to flow with you. And you know, it's funny that we share the same, same 
background, the same thing, me being from a West Indian country, came here, you know what I mean, same stuff, seeing like, you know, wow, like all this different dialogue of people speaking all these different foreign language. I was like, what the hell? You know, you think you're only accustomed to your language, then you around all these different people that's speaking all these different, you're like, wait a minute, you feel like you're an alien. Did you feel like that? When you first heard somebody speak Spanish, French, you know what I mean, Italian, all these different varieties. Um, in St. Croix, we had a heavy concentration of Puerto Ricans. Oh, okay. So St. Croix, they speak Spanish? Yeah. They, they speak Spanish, they speak too? Spanish. Okay. They speak Spanish. My grandmother, her people from Antigua, she spoke Spanish. And like I said, I was born in the Bronx, so I had a lot of time in the Bronx. So Harlem, I, I left for St. Croix when I was No, I'm, I was referring to when you came up here, when you first came from, um, well, you was born in the Bronx, and then you went to um, St. Croix. That's what just at the age of five. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I was already exposed to New York, but the uptown version of it. Okay, so you was already so used to the different dialogue. Yeah, yeah, okay. Rappers, it wasn't no, um, it was mainly, it was just us. It was melanated folk from all of these different places. It was a Caribbean vibe. Okay. It was all these different dialects. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I already had a dialect because I came from, you know, we was climbing trees for coconuts. In <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. Um, but then I so 320, IS 320. Now we are not, we not running with the Izar posse, but the Izar posse was far around my way, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cecil, um, Jason. There's a whole bunch of people whose names I probably don't remember, but you know. We pretty much had grace and favor by affiliations with right. a lot of these individuals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we never got robbed or anything of that nature. And we just happened to make friends with, with people that was, you know, part of these networks and things of that nature. And then um, we moved from... Well, let me ask you, when you said, excuse me, when you say we, are you referring to you and your brother, um, Phil? Yeah, brother. yeah, both of y'all yeah. was going to... um. I guess 320? Yeah, we're going to 320. So now okay. we are developing our appetite for fashion because, you know, we can get in, you're getting a lot of attention and responses from it. I'm sure. People are already yeah. giving us attention because we're twins. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then we twins that know how to dress. And, um, and then you guys are so handsome at the same time. Yeah, you, know, you didn't see that a lot with the twins. You know what I'm saying? Because the twins, a lot of the twins that was around at that time, you know, they looked awkward. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're talking about you. We're not talking about the rest of the twins. You guys have been twins, I'm quite sure. I'm just saying that that's that's why that aspect of it stood out Mm -hmm. and it brought so much attention. Right. You know what I mean? At that time, um... Because yeah, I saw I, baby pictures. I saw your baby pictures and you guys were adorable. Yes. So, thank you. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, we kind of grew up always having attention. Mm-hmm. And not pretty much letting it go to our heads. Mm-hmm. Because it was, we didn't know anything other than that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't nothing to like, get crazy about. Yeah, because it was you guys, so you wouldn't see it, but everybody else. But I'm just saying. So let me ask you. Um, are you want to finish? Go ahead. Um, 
Tell him. Please tell him again. Say that again. With all of that that you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, all of that I was doing and getting kicked out of schools left and right. Right? I ultimately got sent to the school that I always wanted to go to, which was Bitwood. Mm-hmm. And I graduated at the age of 17 That's in right August. True. Yeah, congratulations. And I was in Brooklyn College in September. Yeah, okay. yeah. Prince went there too. That, I mean, that's a damn yeah. good school if they don't know. For anybody in Flatbush, school. that's yes. one of the most prominent schools to be accepted that's, in. That's, that's what you should be looking to get into. That's right. Tell them again. Ivy League from there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a super duper accredited school. You feel me? And the funny thing, like, because I used to do the knowledge and ask questions and everything. And, like, even a gang like Decepticons started in Brooklyn Tech. Mm-hmm. So the smart dudes was the ones that was really creating these organized, you know what I'm saying, criminal <laughs> Well, we call them criminal fashion trends. Put it like that. <clears throat> to some extent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> these, these were organizations that arose out of necessity of the times. Yeah, but you know, the fashion back, I mean, well, put it like this, when we say started all of this stuff, like people would think we're talking about gangs, but um, back then, we just wanted to be fly. We got dressed for love, you know what I mean? Just to be fly, just to be, yeah. Right, so that's why I want to make sure that they understand that. It wasn't no... You got to understand that there was a a moral imperative that was based on being fly, you know what I'm saying? It's dressing up in the face of your oppression. Yes. Calvin Klein's everything. 
That didn't even know. Yeah, that that this is why this is why I need these interviews to be really on one hundred. You know what I mean? Like so real, no chases, no nothing. Like for the people that don't even know, they think because you out there on a conscious level that it took levels for you to get to where you at. You know what I mean? Like you've been in the streets, you've been doing this, you went through all these phases already. So, you know, I want you to actually tell, you know, what are some of the struggles that you actually went through being a twin? You know what I mean? With you and your brother. Like, you know, these. I mean, there's, there's identity issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can identify identity issues based on what we see now on social media so you can see what an identity issue can lead to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can lead to a full on catastrophe. You know, our people have identity issues but everybody wants to be respected as an individual everyone wants to be known for who they are what they have to offer to the world you know what i'm saying so i've never really appreciated being lumped into this identity where i didn't have an identity mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i learned early on that that's you know you gotta take the good with the bad right right so they smiling you and pitching your cheeks and shit and calling you your brother's name and your brother your name you feel me? But when something bad happened, <laughs> uh, they know how to. Yeah. Yeah, then they know who you are specifically. What are you some know? of the things, yeah, that you and your brother go through? Like, you know, just just being so identical. You know, what it, what is it like for you guys as being identical twins? I mean, like I said, it's 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 highs and it's lows. You know. And the lows that I can only speak of just deal with um, identity, you know what I mean? Person wanting to be seen for themselves because I'm, I'm technically, technically I am my brother, but I'm not my brother. And what I mean by that is that as identical twins, you know, there's one egg that splits into two. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we are part of ourselves, one part of one another. But we're two separate beings, you know what I'm saying? And I have different things to offer than he has to offer. So if a person genuinely wants to get to know me, then you have to get to know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, every nigga that, oh, because they think that they know him, you know me. I'm like, nah, that's not how it works. <laughs> two different like, entities. You know, two different entities. Like, I got different set of criteria that qualifies you to be considered a quote-unquote friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We would have our own set of friends when we were growing up. Right. So one of the things... One of the things I want to deeply ask is that, you know, as being twins, do you ever feel like he could say he felt something? Because, I I mean, I heard y'all sometimes in here when y'all used to talk, but I want um, my audience to hear this. Do you ever feel like, you know, like, when you could feel something is going on with him or... Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he's been stabbed, and I felt it. Wow. You know, I've been stabbed, and he's felt it. I've been in danger, you know what I'm saying? Like, times when you would get in trouble and get locked up, I would know, I would get these headaches, you wow. know what I mean? Or you get this um, this uh, discomfort in the stomach area, the solar plexus, mm. all up, you know mm. what I mean? All mm-hmm. of those things, comparable almost to what people tell me mothers feel with their children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And this is quantum physics explains this by a 
term called quantum entanglement. So what quantum entanglement entails is that when you have a cell that is combined as one piece but you separate it and split it, it could be in China, but that cell still has an ethereal core that connects it no matter where, how far you are, because distance is not, uh, um, distance is not a factor in the quantum realm as they showed you in the Avengers movie that just came out in game. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no such thing as distance in quantum. You know what I'm saying? It's only this connectivity. So he could be on the moon. Yes, yeah, essential. It's, mm-hmm. still, it's still like he's right next to me. Right. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of like scientifically explains the phenomenon of what twins are feeling, that the sentient aspects of being the twin are separated, but you still feel what your other twin is going through. So who came and I up? Said the, the comparability of that mm-hmm. to the mother and the child, because that child is still part and parcel of you. You know, we are related more so to the mothers based on our mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know. So which one of you guys are you? The first one who came out first? He came out first. Okay, so he's how many minutes? How many seconds older? Well, we had a unique situation because my mother didn't know that she had twins. Mm-hmm. She didn't take a, um, a sonogram. Oh, my goodness. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had one heartbeat. So, wow. Now, I know a lot about y'all. I've never heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, wow. you know, we had the same heartbeat. Not one heartbeat, but our, our hearts were beating together. Oh, so, shit. So, listen, you can only hear one heartbeat.